Welcome to the show, Fairways and Finance. My name is Jeff Smith. I've been in the mortgage business for 16 years, top quarter percent LO nationwide. And you know, this podcast, we want to talk about your finances, how to grow and accumulate wealth and all things related to the mortgage industry. But we're golf lovers here as well. So we're going to work in some golf. Don't worry for my golf lovers out there. We got you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, welcome back to the show, everybody. Fairways and Finance. I'm your host, Jeff Smith. Excited to talk to you today about the mortgage industry. And today we're going to talk a little bit about private mortgage insurance, PMI. That's kind of one of those naughty words that you hear when you're thinking about a home purchase. People will tell you, don't pay PMI. PMI is bad. Watch out for PMI. Um, and I want to dispel some myths surrounding PMI. I want to tell you what it is and then just give you the information to decide, you know, if that's something that you're willing or not willing to pay and give you some information as to, you know, when people pay it and when they don't. So PMI stands for private mortgage insurance. It's sometimes referred to as mortgage insurance for short. So PMI is an insurance coverage that protects the lender in case you were to go into default on the mortgage. So you you have your your loan, uh, you reach tough times and you're unable to make your payments and the lender forecloses on you. Whatever their losses are, the PMI is going to cover some or all of those losses for the lender. So it's an insurance on the performance of the loan. So it's not any uh, any type of insurance that benefits you as the buyer. So that inherently makes it something that you don't want to pay uh, because it's not doing any benefit for you and you're the one paying for it. Um, PMI is provided by um, one of six carriers that offer private mortgage insurance across the country. Um, As a mortgage company or as a mortgage broker, when we set up an application for someone, we're just going to run the cost of PMI for all those major carriers. We're going to run the cost of PMI for all of those major carriers and then select the one that is the lowest cost because it does no benefit for the buyer. So we just want to pick the one that has the absolute lowest cost. Now, that has led to an interesting situation in the PMI landscape because there's really no differentiator between the different private mortgage insurance companies. And there's no features or benefits or customer service or anything that comes into play as to why a consumer would want their PMI with one private mortgage insurance company over the other. I mean, there could be, in some cases for certain lenders, a little bit better service between the lender and the PMI company, but that doesn't involve the borrower. And the borrower is the one paying the PMI. So from a consumer perspective, it really makes no difference who the PMI company is because it's not a policy that's protecting you. It's protecting the lender. So we want to get you the least expensive policy that's available. PMI um, has come down significantly in cost over the last five years because of that reason. There's just basically a pricing war with the private mortgage insurance companies. Uh, With technology, it's easier for lenders to run the cost for every private mortgage insurance company with the click of one button. Um, So because it's become easier to run that data, lenders are consistently selecting the company that has the cheapest premium. So that has brought prices down significantly. Uh, So PMI doesn't cost nearly as much as it used to, especially if you have a good credit score. 
So, uh, you know, on a two or $300,000 loan, you know, if you're putting 10 or 15% down, you could have PMI that is less than $50 a month. Um, so it's, it's not a huge expense, you know, and that's assuming that you have good credit. Uh, and I actually just ran a quote similar, similar to that for a client um, this morning, and, and it came in at 42 bucks a month. Um, so the, the PMI is required to be paid anytime you put less than 20% down. And the cost of it is tiered based on your credit score, based on the occupancy of the transaction, whether it's primary residence, second home, uh, investment property, based on the type of loan that you're getting, if it's uh, conventional, if it's a 30-year fixed, if it's FHA. Um, and so the tiers on conventional loans is every uh, increments of every 5% of down payment. So if you're a first-time home buyer, you do the minimum down payment of 3%. That's the, least ex- the most expensive tier for PMI. Unless you fall within some income limits, 80% of the area median income, which in Maricopa County is about $80,000 now, if you're under that, then you, because you're a first-time home buyer and you're under 80% area median income, you actually get a reduced cost on the PMI. Um, but then everybody else is in the, the higher tier there with 3% down. Then it becomes a little less expensive with 5% down, a little bit less expensive with 10% down, and then a little bit more less expensive with 15% down. It is not required if you put 20% down or more on a conventional loan. So that's how the the tiering and the pricing works. And then credit score is really the biggest factor that determines the cost of PMI. Uh, If your credit score starts to slip under 760, 740, 720, 700, that cost will ratchet up. And it starts to ratchet up fairly quickly depending on what your income level is. So that is something to be aware of. That is sometimes where we can see PMI become a lot more expensive and and become something that you really want to avoid. Uh, But oftentimes I see the people who are in that situation who don't have as good of a credit score, they also don't have as much money to put down. The reason that they don't have a great credit score is because they don't have a lot of uh, extra income. They don't have a lot of reserves. And so that's why they're missing bills and missing payments. So for that person to put 20% down can sometimes be really difficult to do. So I think that it's important to look at the cost of the PMI in percentage terms, for one, um, because that's how it's calculated as a percentage of the loan amount. So if you have an excellent credit score, you know, in a lot of situations, your PMI is between 0.1 and 0.3%. So if you have a you know interest rate of 6.5 and now it's 6.8, that's effectively the cost of PMI. So it's not like a backbreaker in terms of cost. And if you think about it, you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, you shouldn't buy a home unless you had 20% down. Okay, it's going to cost you 0.3% to have the PMI, let's say. 0.3% uh, is almost nothing when compared to how much that home could go up in value and how much you could make in return by being in the real estate market and earning equity by owning a home. Let's say you own a home and the value of that home is going up 5% year over year. Well, you're losing 0.3 to the cost of the PMI, so you're netting 4.7% in return year over year by buying a home with PMI instead of not buying it and waiting until you have 20% down, which then, by the way, by the time you hit that point, 
could be four or five years down the road, and now the cost of that home has gone up you know, 20 or 30%, all while you're waiting to try and save 0.3% in the cost of PMI. So to me, it doesn't make, you know, if you have the money to put 20% down, absolutely, I recommend putting 20% down, don't pay the PMI. If you don't have the 20% down, I recommend paying PMI and getting into the market instead of waiting and to not pay PMI. So then the other thing to consider with that as well is that when you're in the market, now you are taking, you're participating in the appreciation of your home's value. Okay, so let's say that you own a home that's you know worth $400,000 and it's going up 5% a year, that's 20,000 a year. You have that home for five years, you gain 100,000 in equity in that home. Now you have the equity to refinance and get out of the PMI, or you have the equity to sell that home and then take that money and make a down payment on the next home and put at least 20% down and avoid PMI. So I think that sometimes it makes a lot of sense for that first purchase to pay the PMI. It's like your stepping stone to get to the next home without paying PMI, even if you're unable to save that cash on your own, if you're just in the market and you're participating in the equity appreciation, then that that uh, 20% down payment accumulates on its own for that next home purchase. Lastly, um, as the tax laws currently stand, PMI is tax deductible. So if you itemize your taxes, you can write off a percentage of that PMI, which further reduces the cost. So PMI, not all bad, I definitely uh, have no problem with people paying PMI to get into the real estate market because there's so much opportunity to accumulate wealth once you're in the real estate market. So that, that's PMI on conventional loans. FHA loans is just a flat percentage. Uh, this is 0.55% if you're putting 3.5% down on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And it's a flat amount regardless of credit score. So that's where a lot of times we'll see you have somebody's got a credit score that's under 720 and the cost of the PMI is really expensive on, on, on a conventional loan, it may be less expensive for them to finance an FHA loan because it's a flat 0.55%. So even on an FHA at 0.55%, to me, it makes a lot more sense to buy a home and pay an extra 0.55% per year to then be earning 3 or 4 or 5% return on the appreciation of your home's value year over year. Yeah, it's 0.55% less than it would have been if you put 20% down, but at least you're in the market. Now you're earning 35 or 4% instead of 0% by continuing to rent. VA loans do not have PMI. And then some uh, jumbo loans have PMI. If you put less than 20% down, there's some programs where you can avoid the PMI if you put 20% down. So so private mortgage insurance, yeah, is it's something that you want to avoid paying if you have the means to do so. If you don't, it is not a backbreaker. The numbers pencil out all day long for it to make sense to pay the PMI to get yourself into the real estate market. So I recommend doing it. And then on your second home purchase, you're going to have accumulated enough wealth that you can probably avoid the PMI altogether. DM me, shoot me any questions you have on that. I'd love to address it with you. Hope you're doing well. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. I I hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable information out of it. I want to help to educate others and and help people grow their business and build wealth. And I can only do that with referrals and your help getting the word out about this podcast. So if you come across someone you think could benefit from this, please share it with them. And if there's nobody who comes to mind, a five-star review would go a long way in in helping me to, to grow this podcast and grow the brand. So appreciate your support. Thank you.